The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Joan Hamburg Show. And um, movie director, movie maker, Douglas Lyman, one of our cousins, happens to be in the Ukraine. And we tracked Doug down on a highway where, Doug, you're on your way to where now? I'm, I'm actually walking down the highway. I'm, I'm, I'm actually headed out of Ukraine, but I'm, I'm walking down the highway. I'm, I'm and, not in the car. And you've been there for about five days or so. And the newspapers. Longer, yeah. yeah, the papers are full of one story. You know how brave everyone is. Uh, the president saying that if he had more stuff from NATO and the like, they would have won already. Do you sense among the soldiers that you've been with a feeling of optimism, a feeling of hope, a feeling they can do it? I mean, the Ukrainian people, the spirit here is infectious. It, it, it's, uh, I mean, so I, I don't know how Russia thinks they could dominate these people. It, 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 they're the most incredible people and everybody I've met here. I mean, it is, you, you can't, like, you, you, I don't know what the expression is, but everyone I've met here is, is, has inspired me with, with their resilience, their attitude, their sense of humor. I mean, I met a man who, on his Nest camera, saw that the Russians, he, he had some money, so he had fled, he saw that the Russians had, had moved into his house, you know, on his, like, Nest security cameras. Yeah. And he called the Ukraine military and gave them his address and said, bomb my house. Mm. And took out a whole Russian leadership and all their vehicles. And his house, by the way. The guy doesn't have a house anymore. But, like, mm. that's the spirit of the Ukrainian people. Unreal. And... They're not afraid, or do you see that? Even the soldiers? Not afraid. I mean, one of the, uh, you know, because I'm traveling with soldiers here, and they, you know, like the, we were driving uh, to a location yesterday, and we're driving past a blown-up bridge in Irpin, and he points out to us that he... He blew up that bridge. That was his town. His house got destroyed. And when the Russians came into the town, he was part of a group that blew up the bridge to trap the Russians in his town, and then they killed them all. Hmm. So the, the spirit here, the fighting spirit, um, is, is extraordinary. And does everyone want to... outgunned. You know, like it... it but, you know, you, you see how why it wasn't as easy as Russia thought it was going to be, because I, I just don't think they expected this kind of, of, of energy and pride. I mean, I, I just drove past a crowd of thousands of people waiting in line. And I figured it, it this is as I was leaving Kiev, but like they're looking for food because, you know, nothing's open and it's, there's no heat. And, um, it's pretty tough. And you know what they're waiting in line for? To buy Russia go F yourself stamps, you know, um, 
the post office here put out memorial, you know, tribute stamps, you know, from those soldiers who took on the battleship, the Russian battleship, and, and radioed them, Russia, go F yourself. Mm. They put out a Ukrainian stamp that said that. And these thousands of people are waiting in line to get a stamp. They, you know, and I think they've sold out now. And just all this... Despite the fact that one town after another has been razed to the ground and you still hear shelling, right, and bombing and whatever's going on. Yeah, no, it, uh, it is. It, it, you know, they, the, the, the Russians are still firing rockets indiscriminately into Kiev, into, uh, um, you know, just it's, it, it's really war crimes. I mean, I, I, I came here sort of spontaneously, and, and it was, uh, you know, Passover was coming up, and I was offered the opportunity to fly here. And I thought, you know, instead of sitting at home and talking about people fighting for their freedom, I, I, I want to go see go it. See it. Uh, and uh, it has been so moving um, to see people, you know, what the the spirit with which they're fighting to protect their country and their democracy against, you know, this, this against Putin and, and his, his dictatorship. Um, it, it's, you know, and, and, you know, maybe because I'm Jewish to sort of see, see a group that, you know, might stand a chance to stand up against such overwhelming odds. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, and it is, uh, and the, you know, the Russians are, are, are just, you know, they're like the opposite from what I've seen. They are meaning uh, what? Like, I uh, I just went this morning, and and uh, man, by the way, I'm here filming, and I'm going to put this stuff on my Instagram, and I'm going to come up mm-hmm. with other ways to put this all out. And I've met Ukrainian filmmakers who are going to continue the filming, and I left all my camera gear with them. Uh, is uh. Um, I met, I went out to this, uh, field. I can't say where it is to protect people's safety. And, um, they convinced some Russian soldiers who uh, were stationed there in their tank. And who, by the way, had, had, you know, basically given no food. So they were in the town foraging for food and, and, and to be honest, alcohol. And the, you're talking they, about uh, the Russians. Someone in the now. town. The Russians, these Russian soldiers, and they're mixing in the town. It, it sounds like a, we're talking about like a World War II movie, but it, it's like now. And um, this woman in the town befriended uh, these uh, these these three young Russian men who were, you know, the commanded this tank um, that was stationed in the town. And she got in touch with a, a nonprofit called Bancroft that works in sort of war zones. And, you know, some, through a bunch of intermediaries, they got put in touch with each other. And uh, Mike Scott, who runs it, authorized, you know, sending her money to buy the tank off these Russian soldiers to mm. just walk away from it and, and, and tell the Russians that, uh, that, you know, something went wrong with the tank. And uh, they, they bought the Russian tank off these two soldiers and that tank. You know, they turned it over to uh, to the Ukrainian military, and that tank is now being used. You know, it's a two million dollar Russian tank, and and it it just took a few thousand dollars to get the Russian soldiers to sell it 
to them. And Doug, do you find, I'm talking to Doug Lyman, a filmmaker, director, and he happens to be in the Ukraine filming. And I'm just curious, are people open and ready to tell you stories? Do they want to talk about stories? They do want to talk. They, they, they have a lot of pent-up emotions, as you could imagine, and they, they want the world to see what's, what's happening here because these are war crimes. This, this, is, this is World War II. These are, these are war crimes, what, what, what Russia is doing here. And do the Russia, you just talked about the Russian soldiers who sold their tank uh, to this woman. Are, and in the Ukraine, the Russians were like their brothers and cousins and relatives. And is there rage or do you find a lot of the Russian soldiers, according to the Ukraine soldiers, are sympathetic and don't even know why they're there or no? I mean, obviously, it didn't take much to get these three Russian soldiers to just walk away from their tank. Uh, right. And uh, so, you know, and, and, and by the way, they're not being very well equipped. I mean, they're the, the, the Russian soldiers who were, who were so, I mean, they don't even look like soldiers. I mean, I, I've, I've toured, uh, you know, the places where the Russians have occupied you know, I'm obviously not going where the Russians currently are. And, you know, it doesn't look like what uh, it looks like when soldiers are, uh, you know, occupy a space. Um, it, it looks like, you know, what my, you know, college dorm room looked like, you know, not good. a thousand times worse. These are not mm. like professional soldiers. Well, there are, there are. Right, I mean, I, I, I say. and then by the way, they're looting. I mean, it's the they're they're looting. You know, they they come into a town. The Russians, you know, I, I there's dead Russians all over the place here, and, and the Ukrainians are very happy to point out. You know, you know, if you if you walk by and miss seeing a dead Russian, um, mm. and you'll see, like, you know, I saw a dead Russian uh, two days ago. You know, and you know he was clutching onto uh, like one of those packs of colored pens, like right. two dozen colored pens. Like he clearly, you know, stolen it from the neighborhood that they were occupying. Like this war isn't happening out in like fields. It's, it's, it's happening it's right in neighborhoods. There. And these are like, you know, and these soldiers are so young. It's not like, oh, he's taking the pens for his kids. He was probably taking them for himself. Aye. And, and well, you know, his parents... We'll never know what happened to him. Hmm. Well, you're not a soldier or a politician. So, you you know, I'm not going to put you I'm an artist. on this, but you're an artist. And a, do you think just observing and talking to people, as many as you can in that area, that the Ukrainians with this spirit have a chance at an enemy that is huge and powerful? I mean, I think the world has to stand up to help them because Russia is, they, they will never surrender. I mean, look what's happening in Mariupol. They, they will just never surrender. Uh, and so Russia is just going to keep slaughtering them and they will keep fighting. 
And and the only solution here is, is for the world to, to step in and, and, and stop this atrocity before another person dies. If they can. And where, are you, where are you off to now? Are you going to Poland or... I'm, I'm, I'm now, you know, I wasn't talking while I was here, especially because I went, um, I actually went to the front. Um, and so for, for the safety of me and everybody in my party, Good. you know, I didn't tell anybody I was, I was here, except obviously your family, you knew. And, uh, but now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to the border. But as I said, I'm, I'm on a highway walking. So at this mm. point, so uh, it, it's unclear exactly uh when and how I will get out of here, but I, I am on my way uh, out. And Fine. It, was, it was very, uh, you know, the air raid sirens were ringing in Kiev as, as we were at that point driving. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's sad to, to be leaving here knowing how many people, you know, yeah. I'm leaving behind. 40 million I people. I, it's just awful. And, of course... In your case, too, beside what you're witnessing, you have your family, many of them go way back, the ancestors go back to Poland. So you, you have to have other feelings, too, beside what you're seeing. Your own family making its you way know, to our, freedom. Uh, yeah, no, my uh, sister-in-law, or maybe I actually don't know who on our family team was pointing out that, you know, our, our family fled Poland. Right. And and who would think that all these years later, here I am trying to get to Poland for safety. Right. That, which is an interesting analogy. Be safe, Douglas. We'll talk to you again when you come Thank back you. to the States. Thank you for joining okay. us. Take Love care. You. Okay. Love you. Bye-bye. I'm Joan Hamburg, Doug Lyman, straight from the Ukraine. Stay tuned for more. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com. 